people saw that tweet as racist and that uh, white nationalist groups are finding common cause with you on that point. It doesn't concern me because many people agree with me. And all I'm saying, they want to leave, they can leave. Now, it doesn't say leave forever. It says leave if you want. But what it says, what and what that, John, what that says is if they're not happy with the United States, if they're doing nothing but criticizing us all the time, you see these people walking down criticizing the United States, we just hit the highest stock market in history. All right, Trump. All right, all right. We hear you. You just want to blab on about irrelevant facts and your fake news and all that. So good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you may be listening to this podcast. We got better than you five. And what you just heard was some fake news from Donald Trump. Well, the beginning of it, he was out there shooting the shots at um as what they as a I guess whoever John is said that they are perceived as racist tweets and in, in aligned with the white supremacists. I'll call them the white, not white nationalists, white supremacists that he aligns himself with from time to time. You know, and then on going on the going in on the um, women of color in Congress, namely Congress Ilman, AOC and so on and so forth. But how's everybody doing this evening? Everything is good here, yeah, man. Copacetic. Oh, is that man, can't? Thanks for, thank, thanks for joining us. <laughs> oh, shit. You got the wow. fourth one right now. Word up. Pause. But, uh, Yo, look at Joe hyping this man. <laughs> yeah. He's right back <laughs> in his corner. <laughs> Yo, speaking about corners, though, we got to talk about when the illest fight is ever to come out of a corner. Cornell Whitaker. You got to say RIP to that man. Um, a few days ago, he passed tragically, age of 55, uh, that hit by a car in um, Virginia Beach. Uh, that's where he's from. He's from uh, Norfolk out there. And um, I got to say, growing up a boxing fan, Parnell Whitaker was like, I feel like he's one of the forgotten like greats and stuff yeah. from my childhood, you know? That's a fact. Um, like, people now, since he passed, they'll bring it up. Like, they'll say that he's probably the best defensive fighter they've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was going to mention. Kind of a fan of, of Floyd Mayweather. Then, you know, you have you have his, his, his style and everything kind of is in that same vein of what Sweep he started years ago. Yeah, you couldn't hit that man. And he would uh, he bob, weave, duck, all kinds of crazy shit. And then he'd come back and land. He landed a little better than Floyd, at least yep. um, during the Floyd's uh, time and stuff like that. Um, yeah. well, he, mean, had more he, was, he had more pop than Floyd. Yeah, he's one. He um he won, he won belts in four different weight classes. He's one of the illest lightweights that the game ever saw. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think he only took four L's, um, and uh, I believe like. Three of them, or at least two of them, might have been at the end of his career. And uh, one of the L's he took was to uh, Oscar De La Hoya in a, in a decision that people to this day will still say he got robbed. Yep. Yep. And uh, even a draw he had against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, that was another one motherfucker was like, what are you talking about? He dominated him in the fight. And these are fights that I actually remember being like 12, 13 years old and shit, you know? Because, yeah. uh, hell... Fucking Parnell Whitaker, nicknamed Sweepy, he might have been the one of the he might have been the best fight in the nineties because 
Ring Magazine had him as the best pound for pound um, boxer. Period. Everybody know what pound for pound means. Like yeah, yeah. for about five years in the early in the early and mid nineties. So it's like this dude was a champion, you know. And after yeah, and after you know after either the game passed him by, he just retired. He had his different struggles and stuff like people mm -hmm. do. Drug stuff, little charges, things like that. But we don't need to really get into all of that. We just had to take this time to shout out um, a real like sports legend. You know what I'm saying? So God bless. True. True. Yeah, Joe, you are um, correct. That was his record. Forty. Uh, yeah, forty six total. Yeah, forty six total fights. Um, four losses, <laughs> one draw, and one no con one no contest. And he was the eighty four. Uh, Olympic gold, one Olympic gold in 1984 for the lightweight division. So definitely rest in peace to um, Pernell Whitaker, one of our one of our legends. Um, yeah. Well, we can uh, go ahead and start with everything that we was talking about, especially what we played in the beginning, and that was Trump in a, I guess, a presser outside the White House, uh, trying to I don't want to say defend because he wasn't defending it at all. As you could clearly hear, he wasn't defending it at all. You know his attack on the on the uh, women of color in Congress, specifically. He wasn't the, defending you know, it. I don't. Think he was, it I, felt I, like he was more doing his dismissal thing, like dismissing right. that's it. What, as, no, no, no. Better word, better word. Yeah, it was like you know being more dismissive than even like really trying to like backpedal and like defend the shit in a way that would make anybody with fucking good sense, like, ride with him, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I heard it, but I, I, I don't clear. know. They've been on, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but maybe I just got too much information. They've been on TV all day. Lindsey Graham, uh, Mitch McConnell, all the members of the House, the House just voted on um, whether it's racist or not, only four Republicans landed on his side, and they're literally all on his side, the Republicans, minus four um, House Republicans and Mitt Romney, ironically, in the Senate. You know what I mean? Literally, all of them are on his side, riding his back, backside about about this shit, and acting like these people. Oh, you're not allowed to criticize America or say that anything the president did is wrong, even if you're in Congress. It, I mean, at this point, he's arguing against legal immigration. Okay, he's saying if you don't like being here, then go home. And I mean, what? Three out of four are literally born and raised in the United States of America. So it, none of it makes sense. Shout out to, um, shout out to four congressmen we're talking about, because we've been talking about them like since our early podcast, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because they stay in the news, man. They stay, they stay with these, they stay with those hot topics, man, and they be on his ass like that. And to think a congressperson, right? And if you, like that audio, I guess it was, I guess it was short. It didn't, you know, you didn't listen to the whole thing. Right. That's what I was. But that's what I was later on, to. later on in the audio, um, he's like, "Well, they're just Congress people." You know what I mean? Like, what? Who am I supposed to wait for somebody above them? Like, you know what I mean? Because it's it's Congress people that are actually having this effect. You know what I mean? And Congress people, there's 435 of them. They're in the small districts. It's the weak mm -hmm. branch of the government. You know what I mean? Well, it's not even a branch. It's a weak part of. Of, of a branch of the government. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not the serious part of, of, of the legislative branch. Yet, these four women have made such an impact that got this guy responding to them all of the time. And right now, this conversation that they're having was literally about immigration, so, which makes it a lot more ironic because it's about the, the, um, the camps that he has 
the immigrants in when they're waiting for the ruling on their asylum and they're not getting clothes, food, they're not, um, they're not able to take showers, they're not being given shampoo, they're sharing bars of soap, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot that, they, that these people are going through and these congresswomen went there, spoke to the people, saw the camps, came home, reported on it, he didn't like what he heard, and these are Congress people, man. That's how powerful they become, and that's why we mentioned them early on in the um, right in the pod because they were going to be voices that you heard through you know throughout their term. Um, they're currently right now known. I'm pretty sure you know this, that they've kind of been dubbed as the the quote unquote the squad. Um, and let's just give them some more light. We're talking about obviously AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Rashida Tlaib. That's right, correct from New York, uh, Rashida Tlaib from Michigan. Uh, from Michigan. Ayanna, Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. And Ilyan Omar, or I believe it's from Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah she's from Minnesota. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to go off the top of my head. So, yeah, I definitely want to keep mentioning those names because those are four names that are going to just get more powerful as they, as they continue out through their political career. But speaking, you know, we can go right into what we were speaking about in terms of. Uh, Trump and starting with ICE and everything that's going on because like they be they definitely went to those I almost called yeah. concentration camps. But yeah, I mean that's uh, what I almost called it too. I, I literally I, I, almost I, I don't know why. Not I, to. Yeah, I don't know the why. detainment like centers, detainment same centers, thing. Yeah. They concentrate. They just concentrated the undesirable elements in this are, place. Are the undesirable camp. elements? Well, that's I'm doing air quotes, but that can't really okay. you know. Right. Transfer into an audio podcast. Well, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was said sarcastically. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, no, like, I, yeah, you never know, Joe. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> no, the president is a racist. You know what I mean? And his statements Clearly. are racist, man. I don't know if anybody has ever, like, I know I have been told, go back to Africa before, like, when I was younger. You know right. what I mean? Yes. Like, not now, but when I was younger. Right. Yes. I've heard that before and shit. So, like, I know you probably, you guys have probably heard it. Like, that should have just blatantly, Racist. It might be a stupid part of racism. You know what I mean? It might be too stupid to even respond to for if you're African American, right? Like it's not like if you're Mexican American or something like that, like I guess you have a more angry response than if you're African American. The other person sounds very ignorant to you. You know what I mean? And so like you said, that is like the lowest form of like racist yeah. like comments. That's like yeah. hillbilly shit. Like come yeah, on now. yeah, yeah. It's like the ridiculous part. Like it's the ridiculous portion. Give but it the, exists. Yeah, give us the you highbrow know I mean? racism. You know, that shit they don't respond to. But that's... right. But it but it exists. So it like I guess you know what I mean. And he just showed us that that's where he's at with it. You know what I mean? We know the president is a conspiracy theorist, and now and we we always knew that he was a racist. But he's he's he went to lowbrow racism and during the time when we're sitting there talking about ice raids and him calling for ice raids on sunday over the weekend you know what i mean there was he, he called for multiple ice raids uh there was reports of like there was low t low turnouts in parks all over the country especially in like cities like new york and atlanta and um you know what i mean etc you know it, because people were scared to go outside whole communities are afraid of the idea of the presidency uh, at this point in time, kind of like we were during the Reagan era, you know what I mean? When the, when the whole drug war and there was no knock warrants and it was coming in and locking us up for 30, 40 years, you know what I mean? It's kind of like that idea. Um, and, and for the president to do, 
to, to have that going on and then juxtapose that thought with racist tweets letting everybody know, well, guess what? I don't give a fuck if you're legal either. You know what I mean? Like, that's the astounding part of it. That's when it went too far. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times you can assume that a white person, that, that this white man, old white man is racist. You know what I mean? Like, you could just assume that, but you don't assume that they're going to do blatant and crazy things right. that might affect everybody the way that he is. And, and he showed a, a massive disregard for, for um, what people feel about that. Or, like he said in the video, on the audio, well, people agree with me. Many people agree with me. He might believe that. Yeah, I mean, the whole shit is crazy. It's like, you trying to, like, do this fucking magic trick where you're making everybody think that all fucking immigrants in this country are trash and shit, but you ain't even doing no sleight of hand. Nigga, you, like, yeah. up front with the shit. And it's, yeah. it's it's crazy. I saw, like, a, a post from a friend of mine and shit on, like, Twitter, like, a day or two ago. He was talking about, he was he was talking about, yo, look out this ice fucking people and people doing, like, raids and shit. Like, and he's in, like, North and shit. So, I mean, I guess they doing shit all over. He's telling people to stay yeah. safe. Like, so, yeah. I mean, this is like a, this is like a, it's a new low for what has already been a really, really low level of, like, presidentialness and shit. That's not a word, but it's just, like, yeah. fucking crazy, man. Can it, can it go any lower? I mean, I, I mean, I know it's a stupid, it seems like a silly question to ask, but I mean, he's been doing it since his first time in office, and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And it's not that it's 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 just becoming so blatant more and more. And then it's such a clear picture that you might not say you're a racist, and all right, that's awesome. But every action that you pose, every policy that you put forward, is biased and it's racist. So what are you? And then you just kind of figure that the depravity of all this to see parents torn away from their children, people in these deplorable situations and you're still trying to find a way to justify all of this and it creates this 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 dangerous idealism yeah. that he says things like this, is like, you know what people, like, I might say that but you know people like there, there's a bunch of people out there that feel like I do. Part of that can be bullshit but part of it makes me believe that if no one, not even in, in the people in your own party are seeing against this, he just might be right. That's the frightening part. He keeps saying these things, and I understand that, you know, you're part of the Republican Party, you're supposed to kind of, quote-unquote, look after this guy, but you get elected by, you know, the citizens, by the people. These are the people that keep you in office. You're not backing them. You're backing, the, you know, maybe a one-term president, but we'll see how that goes. Nah, you know what, Chan? Yo, that, that's a great point that you made right there, because this is the thing. From what we heard from, from a lot of these people in Congress and the senators and, and even the pundits is we, we, we don't really like his, uh, 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 the way Trump acts, but we like his policies. And this is 100% about how Trump acts, and they all fell in line. The Congress literally took a vote on whether this shit was racist, uh, his statements were racist or not, and they all fell in line with this shit. So it, it, it's like... It's hard to take any of this shit serious at this point, y'all. Like these motherfuckers are just are just falling in line. He's taken over the party and their mindset, and he sort of has them under control. And to what to what end? We have no idea. Right. And, and, I, I just, go ahead. Now I just I just wonder if maybe I got too much faith in the American public. Yeah. If they will make him pay for 
this, but I just, I don't feel that way. I don't like, I mean, if, if these are your elected officials and you disagree with them, now they're agreeing with the president that you vehemently disagree with. You have the right and the ability to vote them the fuck out of office yeah. when time comes. Yeah. But are you going to do that? Are, are you going to remember that at, at this time when the nation needed you most to, to, you know, to reach out to your senators, to reach out to congressmen, like, do not support this. We, we are your constituents. We do not agree with this. We put you in office to stand for us. And if you're not going to do it, then once time comes, we're going to remember that. Are they really going to? That's the scary part to me. Like, are you going to allow this to, to continue to happen? And understand, as an American citizen, you might not think about it much, but like I said, when, they're, when they had to go in there and see those conditions and see what people are going through and think that this is like, this is the way it's supposed to be and the way it's the norm. Yeah. And I understand before you want to avoid the word concentration camp, yeah. it fits. I hate yeah. to say it, but it fits because through history and when they're describing it, it's the same type of conditions yeah. and we allow it to go in and it led to something else. I, yeah. I mean, we got to do something about them, but right yeah. now, it's Okay. I think I think I think information in general has has become like classist. You know what I mean? Like I think I think there's different classes of information in the way we receive it. And you know, like the fourth estate has been is supposed to be a protector of all, of our information and et cetera. But they haven't had the ability historically in politics and and the romantic part of um the fourth estate is the political branch is they don't word use the word lie or liar. You know what I mean? And you've seen them struggle with that this whole time under this under this president. They call it untruths and all the rest of this stuff, but they don't they they won't call it a lie. And the if if you the conservative message is so easy to touch into and to mold, and he's taken he's taken hold of that because they exist on the lower form of radio, the AM radio, mm -hmm. and they exist <laughs> on the one channel uh, on on Fox News. You know what I mean? And so it's just really easy for everybody to get into uh, for that message to get out, and and for and you know, the, like I was watching this woman on TV, right? This older woman. And she said she had not heard one thing about any of these bad things about the, the um, Trump touching women or anything like that. Or, or she, she, she thought the Mueller report was all good for Trump. That's what she said. She said, I thought the Mueller report was all great for Trump because I only watch conservative mm -hmm. TV and listen right. to conservative radio. Right. She was very confused because if you, you could go up to a person that just only receives those, those messages from conservative TV and conservative radio who Trump talks to in his off hours and, and also controls control and mold their messages, right, then they exist in an entirely different world than what we're talking about. And there, it's really hard to get in touch with them. There, it, it's not a highbrow statement. That's why I said it's too, there's, there's literally a digital divide, like the digital divide between the people who have computers and know how to access information and, and actually and actually mm -hmm. go looking and seeking for that, seeking that information for the people who are just, radio. yeah, yeah. AM radio and just, and just exist in the old style of America. When they say make America great again, that's the old style they know. They're not with it. Um, they probably don't even have email address. Right, but, but, but you know, like, it's like mm -hmm. Trump is um, like literally just taking on anybody like even this week before we even, before he even made those, before I believe it was before he even made those tweets, him and Paul Ryan, it's, there's like a civil war with, with Paul Ryan that's just ongoing and ongoing, like it just doesn't matter. Yeah. He's just taking on whoever's in there. Joe, you was about to say something? I mean, the main thing is, like, I, I look at it and it's like, Trump has been doing trash shit, like, before he even got elected and even amped it up after he got elected, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. even though people try to check him, He's still out here feeling like Teflon, you know what I'm saying? So we just gonna keep doing this shit. 
And as for that old lady that you mentioned that said she only watched like the Fox News with the conservative radio, it's like, if you're an older person, if you haven't been keeping up with shit, you might think of the news as how the news used to be, people reporting stories. Yeah, now, I'm yeah. not going to say that back in the day, people didn't have like a little bit of bias while reporting stories, but... But it was different. It was, yeah, it was actually mm-hmm. reporting the news. It wasn't as much like social commentary and all this other shit, like coming from a place of like pure bias, you know? So it's, 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 it's like most, most of the people, I feel like most of the people in the country are ignorant to a lot of shit yeah. that isn't right in their face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why Trump can operate the way he does. He understands that they're ignorant. Yeah, he understands the ignorance. I kind of, I kind of, am I stepping on your point right now, Joke? I just wanted to take a step back because I didn't want that Paul Ryan shit to oh, to stand out there. Definitely. The whole entire thing with Paul Ryan, like I, it, it, it is kind of a non sequitur, but I know this, but the whole thing with Paul Ryan was that he attributes Paul Ryan to his losses. And his losses are attributed to when, uh, you know, w- when the people from the end of the Obama administration were still fighting for the health care and et cetera. You know, he, he hates Paul Ryan for the same, same reason he, he hates um, uh, John McCain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not. Yeah. So it, 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 it still steeps back to the idea of him wanting to take control, bringing America back again. And that racist idea of getting rid of all the Obama shit because anything Obama did was bad. Yeah. I was just about to say like the shit works because yeah. um, like you said it's all of these folks that are ignorant to the struggles of immigrants and minorities and shit like that and that whole fucking make America great again shit really has to work on a lot of ignorant white folks and some that aren't even that ignorant because back in the day you had all these happy white folks on TV and they had their families and they had two cars and they were going on vacations two or three times a year and it was all white and nice and happy and shit. Mm-hmm. And now they go to work and their boss might be a black person or yeah, a yeah. Hispanic person, Indian person or whatever. So it's like that shit like really just speaks to the core of a lot of people, ignorant ones and some that aren't ignorant or some that won't even consider themselves racist. They just feel like yeah, they was, have a bias. You don't have yeah, to be ignorant no, no, to have no, a they bias. Have, they have the bias. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So you got the ignorant folks, and you have the ones that have their bias, and it's like that's how Trump gets the people with the bias. The people with the bias just want the ignorant people to be influenced. They don't want them to have information. Mm-hmm. Those people with the bias, they have the information. They just don't care about the minutia. They just want the, the way that they want America to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. The rest of the fact yeah, they're the same fucking idiots. They're the same fucking idiots want to go out to Area 51. <laughs> yeah, that shit is lit. The old for, is, former that... Supreme Court, former Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens just died. Oh, literally right now. Damn. Well, so, recorded right now. Okay, so or, immediately right now, then the Dems are gonna have to stall because I know they don't want Trump to vote. No, no, no. He's former. Former. Oh, former. former. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I just heard Supreme, I just wanted I just to put that Supreme out Court Justice. And I was like, oh, yeah, God. yeah, I know. Because it, 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 I, I looked up and thought the same thing, too. I, I, but but I, I read John Paul Stevens, and I knew he was, you know, he's yeah. a former. But we can move on. Um, did anybody, anybody want to close that out or anything else? I know we were. Nah, nah man. Okay. That's, you know, we it all goes together. Yeah. 
So we can move on to um, the labor secretary. Well, the, we could say the former labor secretary, yeah. Alex Acosta, who resigned amid the uh, Epstein, the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Um, oh, just a little, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nasty. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's terrible. Um, but, you know, last Friday, Labor Secretary Alex Acosta resigned, you know, saying it was his own decision. But obviously, we know there was the other things that go on behind it. The, simply, it goes back to his time as a Miami prosecutor uh, when he offered Jeffrey Epstein a sweetheart plea deal of 13 months in custody, including work release, after being charged with running an international sef excuse me, sex trafficking operation. And, you know, at the time, that was considered outrageous because it also offered them immunity. So even if he did get out and they wanted to try him on something else, they were kind of blocked given how the deal was constructed. You know, and it was a concealed with the agreement for more than 30 victims. And basically saying they let a sexual monster serve less than a year and a half in a county jail, you know, for the atrocities that he committed. So he stepped down amid those scandals, excuse me, amid that, amid those scandal, amid, amid that scandal. Um, Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it because, you know, it kind of pisses me off because I have children, I have a daughter that could, you know, I always, always related it to myself in terms of my family and just looking at like, like, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the type of people that, like, how could you, unless, the, what it says to me, and I'm fumbling over my words, what it says to me is that Alex Acosta had to be involved to yeah. basically give him that type of deal, you had to be involved. You had to be implicated, and to save yourself, this is what you did. You sold your soul. You know, what I'm saying you sold the river to save yourself. Dude was a billionaire, and he's attached to everybody, right. and everybody knows what he did. He has a freaking island. Everybody on the island knows what he did with children. Um, People like Trump have hung out with him before. People like Bill Clinton have hung out with him before. A lot of people who are famous and, and names that you know have hung out with him before, even though I'm just mentioning those names because they came on top of my head, right. maybe unfair. But you know what I mean? I just tried to be unbiased by naming two mm -hmm. ends of the political aisle. But it, it, you know, a lot of people have hung out with this guy before. They've taken pictures with this guy. They've partied with this guy. And everybody seemingly knew that this was something that he, you know what I mean, he was down with. And nobody did anything. They just let it rock. And, you know, I, I guess it shows something um, when you have the power of money. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess it shows something like that. Like, I, I, I was reading this book. Um, I forget the name of the book. Uh, uh, but it was, Matt, it was by Matt Taibbi, who was a writer for the Rolling Stone. He writes some amazing books uh, um, about cultural commentary, et cetera. And, and this book was about during, during when the banks were all failing and all of these bankers were, were out there uh, um, fucking up the debt and, and creating these collateral debt obligations and, and doing all these fraud, um, fraudulent documents and shit like that. Like nobody went to jail yet at this, on the same day, there were people going to jail for like loitering. You know what I mean? Like, and, it's, and it just shows that, and, and they, they would have to stay in jail and stay in the system because they wouldn't be able to have enough money to bail themselves out. And it showed, the, it showed the large contrast of what you can do if you do have money and how you can protect yourself and never have to face the system that we, call, that we kind of rely on versus if you do not have any money, you know what I mean? You're, you're, um, you're a victim of the system 
for mo for the most part. You can you you just fall in line with whatever the system tells you to do, and I think that's a, you know that's the problem with the Jeffrey Epstein's of the world is that he understood that he had money, and you know what money does is the great magnifying glass. If you like to drink, then you'll drink more with money. If you like to eat, you'll eat more with money. If you like little kids, then you'll have more little kids. And we've seen it with R. Kelly. Like, we've mm -hmm. seen this before. You know what I mean? And then they protect themselves for all these years. And, and, and now, I guess, the time that, that, uh, for the reckoning for these things. But there's no reason to pat ourselves on the back because this shit has been going on for so long. Yeah. I mean, I think about the lots with that money, power, respect. And if you got enough money, then that's going to transfer into power. And even if you a grimy motherfucker, people are going to think, oh, nah, he can't be that bad. They'll ignore the whispers. Some might even ignore seeing shit. Yeah. And they'll do it out of respect to this motherfucker's money and power. And they'll think it's some rich people's shit. Like, oh, yeah, the rich motherfuckers just do that shit. Mm-hmm. Just trash. And yeah. just to, um, you know, to give more of an update on why Epstein is currently in the news, it was because he was arrested uh, last week for where they revealed where prosecutors revealed that a trove of lewd photographs of girls as young as 14 had been discovered in a safe in his Manhattan mansion. So basically he never stopped. So, mm. and, and, and then you can turn an eye directly to Alex Acosta that says, because you gave him this slap on the wrist, he felt he was above the law. Just continued mm. on doing it. Same thing with R. Kelly never stopped. And he's in yeah. facing the law right now too. I mean, these yeah, motherfuckers they, don't stop. They're, right. they're fucking sick. And they picked them, you know, and since we're talking, since you mentioned, you know, the prosecutors picked up R. Kelly and, some of his goons, I don't want to say goons, but you know, some of his... No, of course. No, I, 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 no I'd rather say accomplices. Accomplices, okay. Yeah, accomplices and been doing over however long, however, the many years that he's been doing, Decades. he's been doing, you know, pick all of, picked all of them up and now everybody's, everybody's singing because now all of a sudden the feds now have 20 anonymous sex tapes that came in from all over the place right. of R. Kelly, so, you know. You gotta treat all of these dirty motherfuckers and shit and get all the niggas that let them operate or knew they was operating like that. Treat all the niggas yeah. like a Rico trial, nigga. Everybody. Everybody had a little piece to do with the shit. That's a fact. Bring them down. I mean, you wanna, at the end of the day, you wanna get the fucking, the head of the shit. Had make, put that motherfucker under the jail, you know what I'm saying? But mm. everybody else that looked the other way on shit, and continue to look the other way on shit, man, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Word, word. That's what the jail I, should be for instead of people, black people, people, black people loitering or something or catching yeah. the nigga with a little bit of weed, a little bit of coke. Yeah. Little bit, fuck that shit. Get the motherfuckers yeah. that's fucking doing these atrocities, man. This shit is like, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's disgusting that, that how one of the seven, seven deadly sins in terms of money, how it can help, how it can just get you, afford you privilege to do anything you want to do, whether legal or illegal, rather illegally, and get away with it with no problem. Mm. It's disgusting. But what we're going to do right now, we're going to clean ourselves off and be right back. Cool. Get this dirt off us, yo. Talking about these mm. dirty motherfuckers, man. Thank <laughs> you. 
What you just heard was the passionate word, words of Eric Garner's daughter, Emerald Garner, um, outside the police precinct. I believe it was outside the police precinct or maybe the courthouse after they decided not to bring civil charges against, civil, excuse me, civil rights charges against Officer Pantaleo. I don't know. I don't care, I don't care if I said his name right, but against Officer Pantaleo for the death of her father, for the murder, I'll be specific, for the murder of her father with the uh, chokehold. It'll um, be five years, five yeah. years um, on the 17th, tomorrow. Yeah. You know, his mother spoke to that. I didn't want to, you know, I just want to make sure we get everybody who was out there speaking. His mother was very passionate as well in speaking about her son who was murdered and nothing being done, no remorse, no civil you know, no civil rights charges, nothing yeah. in terms of how the the, uh, the department of the police department treated her son for simply selling Lucy's, you know, as we call them, outside yeah. a convenience store. I mean, something that happens every day. I mean, there's Lucy's, you know. I ain't gonna lie, I sold Lucy's before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, B. Everybody go, shout out to everybody who used to go down south to J&R and get, and get the mean? packs, come back up north. You know what I'm saying? Black moms too, God. Like, yo, you, if you got utilities, they're going to take them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want that. Okay, I know half a dozen fucking Chinese, some probably a dozen Chinese stores or bodegas and shit that'll sell you Lucy in a minute. That's a fact. Right. Like, yeah. Gas station and shit. A bunch of motherfuckers. Yeah. I don't know. But here's the thing, man. Again, Black Lives being cheap, disregarding. Um, I don't know what, maybe I should ask this. What is the argument to not indict or to keep the guys on the police force? Like, what was the argument for that? They, it was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's because they didn't deem it excessive force. And because then, they, then you got into the whole conversation about the chokehold. It was because remember there was a whole discussion: yeah. should we take right. the chokehold out? So, what was legal in terms of the chokehold was legal. I believe was legal at that point. I hate you know when I'm trying to make points and I'm, I don't have my facts because you know we're talking about being current. But I believe that's what it right. was because it, it, it then became a whole discussion: should we outlaw the chokehold? Should we do this? Should we do that? And so on and so forth. So what I think. What I think is 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 that it's it's they did this and everything since the Eric Garner murder was to cover for the police force because to be honest there might have been if this was deemed a civil rights violation excessive force etc then there would have probably been thousands or hundreds of cases out there where there would have been excessive force issues mm -hmm. even if they did not die. You it know what I mean? It would have set precedent. Yo, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and you would have to post it and look back at a lot of cases 
even if the even if the uh, the person didn't die. So there was a lot of reasons for uh, people in government and for obviously the police in general to fight on that on behalf of you know what I mean. Well, fight Eric Garner's civil rights, I should say. You know, I think there's just a lot of reason for them to do that shit. I, I don't, I don't think it's right at all. I, I think it's another case, ironically, of power showing us, you know, w the effect that they could have on what's right and what's wrong. You know, but I mean, I kind of do. I want to hear more from from the people who would agree or or at least let, give me more information on on the other side here. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, you talk about the the not deeming it excessive force. I mean, that's pretty much what kept the let the officers keep their jobs. You know what I'm saying? And for the last like five years or so, you've had people trying to you know bring a civil rights, a federal civil rights you know um, case against the officers. But when it came down to it, I mean, their uh, <clears throat> prosecutors' uh, excuse for not like bringing the civil rights charge was pretty much that if you take the emotion out of it and all of that, when it comes down to it, it didn't seem like they were trying to violate his civil rights. Like, you know, most civil rights, um, <coughs> excuse me, most civil rights violations that the feds are going to bring are going to be like racially charged assaults and homicides and shit like that. Right. So it's like the dude, uh, officer, uh, Leo and shit. Mm hmm uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was a white. Was he white? Was he Italian? Was he That's a t uh, no, I don't care. I mean, it's Italian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, but so I, I think he was Hispanic. I mean, he was don't quote me on that. Whatever he was, but no, it was an Hispanic dude that was watching. Oh, okay. that was video, and you know what I mean. It was a. It was that was an Italian cop. Okay. Yeah, the whole thing. I think like the whole thing with the civil rights shit. They just looked at it as like, uh, so, you know, fucking. It was terrible, and we all saw it, and we all had the emotions for it and we want motherfuckers to be, you know, held accountable for everything, but it's like, did they do this because he was black? You know okay. Or did they do this because okay. he was a big and imposing force, you know? Okay, but let me just attack that, I know it's not your argument, but th let, let's just say that that is the argument, right? Mm -hmm. Let me just attack it. I had just watched maybe a month or so ago, I don't know, Alex, if you watched this too, the Wu-Tang documentary, yep. where they spoke about how in that same area or, or same uh, location, the same thing happened in, what was it, the late 80, 80s, early 90s, yep. where the police officers had choked a, a, a man and used some kind of chokehold and the man died. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, they're clearly known for that. It's clearly a thing. If you look at, if you look at um, what was it, do the... It's do the right thing, yeah, I believe, it is, right? Yeah, of course. Right, right, Radio right, Raheem. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. with Radio Raheem. And that was based on the 1983 choking of, of this artist. I forget the name. Um, uh, That's why Spike did that. You know what I mean? Like, police, whatever, the, whatever the case is, police officers have been known to do this. Mm -hmm. and, and and even especially in that area, that, spe that specific area. And you could look at it, and it looked like, like one of those movies where everybody jumps on top of Superman and but but you know what I mean Superman usually pump, jumps out of it, but this guy didn't jump out of it. You know what I mean? They, they everybody was circling around him, even if even if that chokehold was wasn't um gonna kill him, like 
he wouldn't have had any chance for oxygen because there's a million police officers just circling around him, just staring down at this man saying he can't breathe. And he was already on the ground. At what point in time did you actually want to exercise the civil rights? Why were you taking him down to the ground in that way? It was it was nothing but animus because you're a police officer and you didn't like the way that that man was talking to you. And all that man was telling you is I didn't do anything wrong. and You keep on harassing me. But police are occupying forces in our neighborhoods and they think that their word is going to be the final word and they have the ultimate power and they're able to do whatever they want to do. And this is another case of us living in two different worlds because if you tell this to somebody white who haven't had experiences with police being an occupying force in their neighborhood, then they never understand that. That it looks like some crazy thing that, oh, the police took him down and he must have been a bad person. He must have been doing something wrong. Oh, cigarette Lucy's? Oh, that must be a horrible, dark, bad thing. You know what I mean? And so that these narratives get created and, and they live in this alternate universe or alternate world from the reality that of the people that we're speaking in. And this is why people have called standardized tests racist. This is why we want mixed juries, because guess what? In a lot of ways, we do live in different worlds, y'all. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Real shit. <clears throat> but I don't know, man. This one is the whole civil rights thing. I wish it would have went through. I can see why you didn't, and they can explain it however they want to explain it, but there's still that, in the back, the, like the, the racial undertones of, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's just, you know, it's, it's just, it's just fucked up. I think back to like Rodney King, when um, they took a, a civil, when they took a federal uh, civil rights uh, case against the four officers, when they did that, I believe two officers were found guilty, and they went to to prison, but right. people see a Rodney King thing as this crazy beating, and then they put me the Eric Gardner thing as like maybe an officer going a little too far with a chokehold, trying to do a much larger male. I mean, it's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. people, and, and I hate the fact that people can kind of explain away certain things like that. You know what I'm saying? Because he's big and he's black, and that is not fair. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, that's you, what they look at it as. You could even look at big, black, not fair guy. Yeah. You can even look at people. I want to make what they're saying is I believe it was someone I heard say the fear of us is greater than the actual idea of us. Because even if you think about, and I don't know if everybody remembers, when Bernard Getz was on the train and shot the four black, the four black youths simply because he was scared of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For no reason. You just opened fire on four black teenagers because you were scared of them. Like, it's just, yeah. you, it's the value of the, the value of the black of black people, specifically the black man, in this situation, is just you know we're we're nothing, we're expendable. Oh, don't just say black man. Say I know what you said in this situation, but sisters too. Yeah, Sandra so, Bland just last week. You know, I mean, it was the anniversary. Yeah, her anniversary. Of, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we ain't gonna just put it there. We are gonna put on all of it. And yeah. Nah, I mean, and, and it's wild, and the shit is right. A lot of white folks have this irrational fear of black folks and. They honestly should, because of what they did to what their ancestors or whatever, what they might have done themselves to us. Yeah. But the fact that black folks haven't, in all of these years after on the abolishment of slavery and after getting through Jim Crow and dealing with this prison industrial complex shit that's fucking up and just basic discrimination, it's like we have not mobilized to kill. A big group of y'all, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, I, we, wish all that the, I wish that that fear was warranted, but they gave us the church. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they gave us Jesus, so we're kind of pacified. You know, I'm not going to say anything bad this about This is America. Religion, yeah, let's not do yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's like that, <laughs> but in a way that, you know, we are a, in general, a calm and loving group of people. This man walks into South Carolina church. The people open are open to him. Mm-hmm. Pray with this man, and he shoots and guns them down. After which... He gets taken to Burger King before he's taken to prison. Two days later, those people from that church are praying and praying and singing for him. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just look at, I mean, I don't, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm a militant person but by nature, just in, mentally. So it's hard for me to say. But I think in, in a lot of ways, I'm still passive because I do have, have clear limits. Yeah. why I'm existing and, you know what I mean, not in jail. You know what I mean? I do have clear limits. We're pacified to, to that extent. You know what I mean? And I just think it, it shows maybe our lack of power or maybe our civility. Yeah. You never know sometimes, but you really just can't tell. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to some more exciting news, some and you know, not somber news, but exciting news. And when they see us, yeah, when, we they, see when they see us, I mean, specifically when they see us, but there's a lot of things that happen with Emmy nominations, but specifically to the incredible Netflix series of When They See Us. I'm, I was trying to go down the list before we even got to it to try yeah, and make yeah. sure we got everybody to, to make sure we named everyone. Um, where was I mean, we, I mean, we could jump off on like the big ones, like for outstanding writing in a limited series movie, a dramatic special, Ava DuVernay and um, Michael Starberry. Uh, you know, they got that, and then shout out to the Queen Ava for, of course, getting nominated for outstanding director for a limited right. series of movie, right. dramatic special. Those were the ones that it's like, yo, if she isn't nominated for writing and directing. Right, you're gonna have a problem. We yeah, motherfuckers is gonna be a problem and shit. Physics. You know, there was also um outstanding supporting actor in a limited series of Sante Black. Um and the big one is uh what's my man's name? Well Uh, I mean well you don't just gloss over that outstanding supporting actor in a limited series. It was Asante Black who played a young Antron. Right. From what I remember and John Lake was almost got nominated in that category and Michael K. Williams, who we all know Mm -hmm. got nominated so they got three people in that out of six nominated for yeah. that stuff. Wow. wow. I didn't I didn't, I never looked actually. See, I was putting me on right now. Yeah, and I mean, I'm gonna go to something else where I think it might be a little weak for these sisters in there just because of like the screen time they had, but they nominated for outstanding lead actress in a limited series. Um Andrew Ellis and uh, Nisi Nash. I believe Andrew Ellis played um Yusef's mother and uh, Nisi mm. Nash played uh, the brother uh, Corey Wise's mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, outstanding supporting actress in the limited series of movie uh, Vera Farmiga, if I'm pronouncing her name right, for when they see us, and Marsha Stephanie Blake for when they see us. Mm. Yeah. So you know that 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 series is well represented um, at the Emmys, as it should be, as it mm-hmm. should be. You know, right. other people, Felicia Rashad got nominated for This Is Us. Um, Sterling K. Brown oh, got nominated. I know, I know before, before we go off on that, yep. it's like, one, the series itself got nominated. And something that I know that we all, like, felt that we wanted to see, I know I did, was to see um, 
the brother um, Jarrell Jerome get nominated for Outstanding Lead Actor. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he caught that for, one. For, yeah. playing, for playing Corey Wise from Young and old. A Child to an Adult yeah. Match. And just right. fact, yo, yo, he he delivered on that role Worth so much. Yeah. Like, he... That that's that's like yeah man. I I, I, I mean let's let, he, he let's embodied just, that role. Yeah, let's just take a step back and think about that. Like, has that ever? I you know has that ever really happened before? Where like you're playing young to old same character? It has, and I can't think of the movie, but it has. But not. But I don't I don't feel it the way that I felt. Yeah, and that was I'll say that, that was a lot. Like we were invested in that one yeah. character, that one yes. person. I I don't think we were invested in any more body a, a lot of it was on purpose, clearly. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like they yeah. featured they featured him more like they like like Kanye featured um uh uh what's the name on Monster. Like you know what I mean? Like you you were supposed you're Nikki on Monster, like mm -hmm. you're supposed to notice this. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like I get it in that way, but still he did a lot to just draw us in and make us like so much so that Corey Wise in and of himself is a huge figure right mm -hmm. now. Like he's a superstar now yeah. simply because of what this brother did on film. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. I mean, like, I, I mean, it, 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 I got goosebumps watching him play that position, like play oh, that yeah. role. I got yeah. goosebumps. I was like, "Damn!" Like I, I was like, when he was in there fighting, I was in there. I was, like my, I remember my fist being clenched. Like, damn! I want him to get out. I want, and you know the end of the story, but you watch it like you never. You don't know anything about whatever. I yeah. watched it like that. That's how I watched that. Watched, excuse me, specifically his character. Yeah, right. And and to speak to your point, B, it was done like. Um, Raymond Santana. I remember when, you, if you watch the uh, the Oprah special. After you know the after they see us, I or still haven't. I oh, still so haven't seen it. Well, said, on well, purpose though. Like it's been I, I, my heart hasn't hasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, me yeah, too. You know what I'm saying? But he, uh, but Raymond Santana said that, and Ava had said to her too. She said that when Raymond, when I spoke to Raymond, she he said to me, he said, Corey's experience is different than ours, and it needs to be portrayed it needs to be understood it needs to be captured perfectly so to your point yeah they did that on purpose and they did it yeah. on purpose with you know Raymond Santana Yusef and everybody and Antron speaking to yes you have to show him differently than you show us because his experience yeah. is completely different from ours because right. he went in like what 16 years 16, old doing the yeah. hard, doing Rikers. The hard time. yeah Rikers and everybody else went to longer. Mm -hmm. yeah and he was like mentally different than the rest of them. So it's like, it, it was crazy. It's like, yo, fucking tears, man. Like, yeah. I remember having tears for like the little kids and then seeing the next couple, and seeing, seeing like after part one, I see part two and three, and I still felt bad for everybody. But that was more so yeah. how people were having to deal with being branded as rapists and back in the world. But then when into that fourth episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. That fourth yeah. episode. That was, was heavy. I, heavy. I, I've actually rewatched that fourth really? episode two times, yes. Wow. Wow. Just because it was so powerful. I'm like, it is, but I'm, I'm just saying, wow, because I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah not I, yet. Yo, fuck, I was tearing up fucking the, the other times I watched it too, man. It's like, I know the brother come out clean and they get some money and all that shit, but damn it, man. Like, yeah, but Joe, you know what? I know you. And I know you. You and B said you haven't seen it. 
is the person who really has the, is the most traumatized from the whole situation is Antron. He's, he's, it's like... He was a baby, yeah? I know, but he's, the things that happened, him, what happened with him and his father, how that relationship, mm-hmm. oh, he boy. saw how they built up that relationship with him and uh, Michael K. Williams, and mm-hmm. then to have his father turn on him, it ruined him as a man, and he never made peace with it. And when you see and I encourage you to watch the open because it is enlightening, it is refreshing, it's not as heavy as the actual show, but mm-hmm. you can see that Antron carries a lot of weight about what happened, not yeah. necessarily what happened in jail, but what happened to his family. Yeah. And yeah. how he never how he never with his father and how he lives on a day to day basis that he's not even out enjoying the world like the others are. Even yeah. Corey's enjoying it. He's not He's not enjoying his life right now. And I'll just yeah. say it like that. Yeah, that rate is barely below the surface. You can just see it. Yeah, like you got to watch. You see it. He doesn't even make eye contact with anyone. Like everybody else is smiling and joyful. He's not. He It's like he hated doing that. He hated to do. He he did not want He did not want to be there. As great as it is and as great as much as we praising it, uh-huh. You that's what I'm saying. You really should watch it. It's heavy. I don't want to spend too much time. But go ahead, Joe. watch it. Yeah, because like even though I haven't seen it, I could see how he could be that way. Because just how just watching the story, like he was fucked up by the police before they even brought him in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. The fact that his father, like, pushed to pushed him to like talk to them instead of like scooping them up and shit. I mean, the father had his own like. Issues where the cops would leverage some shit against him or whatever. And then, like, how his father didn't come to the trial. And then when he did come to the trial, he ain't do the best in the stand and all that yeah. shit. And it was like, yeah. it was, it was, so I could definitely see what I could definitely see, like, not just not even watching it, just knowing that it could definitely have been him who, like, felt the worst because of that. There ain't no coming back from that. I'm not, like, you, like, yeah. like 14, 15 years old. He was 14, yeah. like, you're never going to respect your pops after that. That's all the shit went down. Like, yeah. Let me ask the question. Is this Ava's greatest work? I For think, now. I think it is so far. Who, but what are her works? I don't know. No, I'm saying well, this is the 13th. There's Selma. I would say 13th. Probably. I was about to say 13th as well. And and no, no this to this, which is... Yeah, yeah of course, great. of course, of course. You know what I mean? I, and the 13th was, was different because it was a documentary, first off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it, it made a huge impact and it told, it still was able to tell a story and get a lot of people to watch and pay attention to something that I don't think people were paying attention to beforehand. Right. You know what I mean? It, it was brilliant. Like, I knew what the 13th Amendment was. I'm sure some of y'all, y'all knew what the yeah. 13th Amendment was. Mm-hmm. But that shit gave people that had no idea about shit. They knew their First Amendment is their right to fucking, yeah. like, free speech, but for the other business niggas, ain't no shit about them. But yeah, I mean, people that, don't aren't aren't naturally receptive to information. Yet mm-hmm. they watch that, and so mm-hmm. I, I just think that matters. But, it, but it's because of how the because of how the information was given to them, I think yeah. as well. Yeah, me, right. So me, that, I think that's why Ava, that's Ava's greatest work. And then me, and then per- we'll call this okay. Me, me personally, I still say um, when they see us is okay. I, I still say it because just like. It was longer. It was it was drawn out, and it it, it just flowed so well, and it and it told right. it told just such a great story. Just the actors in it, the way they portrayed, like uh, especially 
and Jarrell Jerome, who played Corey Wise, was just an acting in it. It was great. But no, but I definitely, you know, could see an argument for the 13th because it was beautifully crafted. Yeah, you know what I'm and, and and going into when I asked that question, I immediately was saying is when they see us. But when being what what um Ant was saying that what the thirteenth jumped off, there was a lot of conversations that happened. It looked like there was a lot of movement politically in terms of like things that Van Jones is doing because he references that all the time when he you know, goes to Capitol Hill, he references, he uses that as a reference piece to educate people. So you, I was initially saying it was when they see us, but you, you're right, B, because of the, the social yeah. impact that it's had. And I think the, the, the fact that she, that laws are changing. I mean, you could even attribute it to some of the things that are happening yeah. with Meek Mill, you know, yeah. his diet, speak, speaking to that, his they still reference is, like, they his literally still reference well, it. I, I, saw, yeah. I saw Kanye on <clears throat> the long form interview with uh, David Letterman. Yeah. And he wanted to break out, drop his 13th knowledge. And I know that nigga didn't get that knowledge in the 13th in there from anywhere but Ava. Oh, yeah. He might even reference this. So. No, he did. He actually yeah, did. Yeah. He did. But that's dope. How did, how did, how did, but, but back to these. Oh, okay. hey, no, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to say it's, it's 13th is her best work in. This is us. It's our most impactful, but they book in each other. If yeah. when, when you okay. when you watch when, when you watch Thirteenth, you understand the the ramifications yeah. of the legal system on people of color. And then this is us. Is like remember what I was talking about Thirteenth when, when they see us. Here, here, here's a real life example, and yeah. this is what happens. We let a system like this run amok on people of color. No, she, so she's like, she's stringing the, the lines together. Reason. She is. Yeah, she's painting a picture. Yeah, yeah, that, that's perfect. It is, it is bookings, absolutely. Um, but you had other, oh, you had other Emmy, you had other Emmy. Um, oh yeah, I was just gonna run down. I just happened to see when I was looking for when they see us. I saw that um, Felicia Rashad, uh, guest actress in This Is Us. Um, Laverne Cox, oh excuse me, Cicely Tyson, guest actress in drama series for How to Get Away with Murder. And I know that's one of, I think, B, that's one of your favorite shows too. You know that's a, yeah, I mean, I, I, think I this enjoy that show. Season, she does a great job. This uh, this is the last, this upcoming season. Yeah, they're the about, last to, season for it. they're about to close. It's been um, whack for a little while though. They used yeah. to be a lot better, you know what I mean? But whatever, like it's, it, it goes on and off, but I, I but Sicily, she was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Last year. Yeah, she's, so, she's, last she, couple years, really. Yeah, she needs to be, and I believe they've done it, but she needs to be celebrated again. Because like she's a she's a jewel. Um, I think that oh Sterling K Sterling K Brown. Oh I, I, man, I, I, I fucked with that dude, man. I'm yeah. glad he won before, and I hope he won again. But you know yeah, what? What I, um being a fan of This Is Us, and I don't know if you finished watching, if you're up to date, Joe. Or not, uh -huh. but his uh -huh. wife, the the press, the lady. The, Ooh, uh, I love her. She I didn't get her. she yeah. didn't get she didn't get a nod, and I thought this season they highlighted her and put her in position. To get yeah. an Emmy nod, and I think she, to me, she got overlooked. That was a bit of a snub. Mm. I love her. She cute as shit. But his, uh, the person who plays his father, Ron, Ron Cephas Jones, he was uh, nominated as outstanding guest actor in the dramas. Oh yeah, God bless him. He's fun. Did he pass? Did he pass recently? Or... No, I don't believe I'm, so. I didn't hear that. I'm, oh, oh yeah, yeah no. the show he did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if anybody wants to get hey, the full, life, still yeah. kicking, bro. Yeah, uh, if anybody wants to get the um the full the full list, I'm sure you can yeah. get your Googles on and get into it. Oh, but but before but before we get oh, off man. that, 
before we get off of that, I gotta say there was this uh, special on Netflix called Homecoming. Man, you move on. Like, yo, what happened? Like, why can't no, we just no. joke? No, because it got, it got six We only got so much time, man. It got, it got six nominations, and Beyonce personally got four nominations oh. for, the, for these Emmys. So we're going to talk about the guy Beyonce oh, cool, getting yeah. her nominations, you know what I mean? She was, so, so, like, and I understand that, and, and, and that is really amazing that, that, that she was able to get whatever those are for whatever. And... Also, Holly Bailey. Uh, speaking of Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of Beyonce. Speaking of the girl Beyonce. Uh-huh. <laughs> <His>, um, Her. <laughs> yeah, so, so Holly Bailey has been tapped. Holly Bailey. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Bailey. My bad. I thought you said Bailey. You know, Bailey. Chloe and Holly, the singer. Yeah, from Chloe and Holly, the singer. And grownish. To be, um, to be Ariel in The Little Mermaid. And listen, we're we're pro- we're late on this, you know I me, mean? admittedly so. Yep. Uh, we all knew it was happening. Uh, we didn't respond to it last week, partially because we forgot and got caught up in the rest of our conversations, and you know things happen, et cetera. But it's worth mentioning because they're still talking about it because the world just goes crazy if a black woman plays a fictional white character or a character who that was originally uh, white. A fictional character that was originally white, like and they're acting the little as if, mermaid. Yeah, they're acting as if mermaids exist, just like they're acting as if talking lobsters exist, and all the rest of this shit. Like none of this stuff, the arguments and the anger about it, it doesn't make sense at all. Um, but yet we're still hearing them, and some of them are very funny. Yeah, and the cra- <laughs> and the crazy thing is like. Um, looking at that girl, she has like that cuteness of a damn Disney character. She has the voice of a fucking angel, so she can sing all those damn songs. So I'm thinking they really made a really good casting choice. But you know you what know it what is, though, Joe? But you know what it is, though, Joe? Disney, just like America, used to be a very racist organization. And oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And if you look back, you know, Walt Disney was an anti-Semite. And if you look at the old um, Dumbo uh, cartoon, it was very racist. You know what I mean? It was openly racist. They mm-hmm. were, if, you, if you look at the old Herbie Lillibug and all the rest of it, it was racist against Asians as well. You know what I mean? Like, it just, Disney was just very racist and anti-Semitic and et cetera. And now Disney has just been black as hell lately. You know what I mean? Like, all the shit. Like, I, I, was, tell, I was talking about this uh, before with you guys. Like the old sh- the old movies, the Pollyannas and all, and all the rest of that. Mm-hmm. Like all those old Disney movies, they disappeared, yo. Like you couldn't even get them anymore. That's how embarrassed they were to even have a black person on <laughs> the old Disney stuff. And now the new Disney stuff is like everybody's black. You know what I mean? Like they just did what it, Aladdin was Disney too, right? Or yeah. No? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. It's Disney. If yeah, it's not Lord, okay, we're gonna say it's Disney got, anyway. No, it is, nigga. Yeah. It's Aladdin. It's Disney. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, and they got they got Will, they they had Will Smith as, as a genie. You know what I mean? Even they, they were upset about that. I don't, I don't think you guys remember because it didn't make as much fanfare as the Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. but they were upset that Will Smith was gonna take over a genie and he's freaking blue. You know what, what I mean? Right. What did they want? They wanted Seth Rogan? Yeah. Well they if yeah, you remember, if you remember when um Tyler Perry went to play Alex Cross. There was a big uproar, but you could tell those are the people that never read because he's specifically described as tall and Muhammad Ali like, and Tyler kind of yeah. fits that 
that when from the book he fits that. And while Alex Ross was always a white guy in all the previous movies, and stuff like that. So I think yeah, they're but, always gonna. Go but the, the, the move, but stay just a little bit. Stay on Disney right now, because like I think Disney had was a staple for them or is a staple for them. You know what I mean? If you're white in America, your kids have, have checked in on Disney and all the rest of this shit. Just it's worked. like a big. What happened? And not just white everybody, but I know what you're going with. Yeah, no, 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 but but that but you know that's where I'm going though. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to to the white people because those are the people that are reacting to this. So I mean, I mentioned in that we watch it. And it doesn't well, matter. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me just let, let, a moment of honesty. When they announced her, I was like, "Oh, she's black," because in the movie, I remember watching the movie. I, she was white. So, but I, I didn't have, I don't have a problem with it, but that was my reaction. Oh, she's black. My I reaction going in a different direction. My reaction when I saw it was, that girl has the perfect little face for that. She's cute as shit. Perfect voice for it. Talking and singing, and I know white folks are going to have a problem with this shit immediately. Those were my yeah. thoughts. That, those, that was from John. I was like, oh shit. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, I wasn't smart enough to have a reaction at all. I was just like, "Oh, she's playing Ariel." Like it took me seeing other people mad for me to think, nah. "Oh shit, it must be." It did. It took me I, seeing I mean, other people mad. To me, and the thing was, I didn't think it would be like a whole bunch of white folks in general, but definitely, mm -hmm. definitely, I knew the trolls or internet was going to come up with some shit. Oh, of course, of course. And then it was going to like be a little thing. You know what I'm saying? Because there's too many motherfuckers that feel comfortable behind their fucking keyboard or on their phone calling people yeah. niggas and fucking monkeys and shit. And but I'll say that it was, it was more than it, trolls, though. It was yeah, my it was my ignorance because I didn't under it's I didn't Trump realize, era, I thought they were yeah. doing what Disney normally does, coming up what they do, just re-releasing the movie with yeah. new voices, and I didn't realize it was going to be a live. Oh, that's the go-to now, yeah. With all right, the CGI a, shit mm -hmm. they can do. Yeah, it's a lot. It's some no, but she, 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 it's not an animation. It's not animation. It's a lot. I know, nigga. Uh, oh, okay. the fucking Lion King coming out. Yes. Yeah. yeah so and again, what, the Lion King is another thing that had to piss them off because, like, Beyonce's all in and throughout the shit. Like, Lion King is black as fuck. You know what I mean? As like, it should like, be in Africa. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. But, Africa, but right? you, yeah. you see why they're pissed though. Like, like it's 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 like. It's like um uh, uh your boy that does the show with Charlemagne. What's his name? Envy, Andrew Schultz. Oh, Andrew. Andrew Schultz. Schultz. Yeah, Andrew Schultz. When he when he said like like he, he got you got the cowboys being gay in Hollywood now, and they they got fuel economy cars like fucking up their trucks, and like the only thing they ever cared about was you know what I mean cowboys and trucks, and it's like the only thing these white families ever cared about was Disney, and now it's black as hell. You know what I mean? Like every like yo, it was. Princess Tiana was just like kind of getting them revved up, but she played like a frog throughout <laughs> most of the movie. It was just like the intro, but now it's just like, all right, we, we y'all just let us through the door, and it, the world goes crazy, and that's that's just what it is now. Speaking of that, Lashana no. Lynch, are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Lashana Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, Lashana Lynch. Show just and, got quiet. I was like, Nah, I wasn't. I was like, That was the alley oop. The ball was in the air from that long. Well, Ant, why don't you introduce this? I know you, you the big movie buff. Why don't you get? Why don't you introduce this? Hey, but Ant is not a bigger Bond fan than me. But I'll let him introduce it. Then, nigga, you go ahead. Nah, nah. Well, let me say this before the Bond shit. I want to say shout out to. Lashana Lynch, 
for getting the role of being the new uh, 007 in uh, the next Bond movie. I mean, Fire. you still got um, Bond in the movie, but... Wait, hold on, but Joe, before you say that, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I know where you're going with that, and, and it's actual 100% facts, but you gotta, you got to lay it out, because guess what? The headline is what drove people crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, which is immediate indicator that you're not really a Bond fan. If you read that headline and that's the thing that drove you crazy because Ms. Lynch, she's going to be the new 007. Right, Agent 007. Yeah, yeah. which Bond has been, Bond has been uh, old and dying out for years now. I mean, it's just like the, this Ian, Ian Fleming books. They did the same thing with Sean Connery before they, they well, reeled it back in where he was um, old and, and getting a little bit old on, for, for the job or whatever. The, the Ian Fleming book, the Daniel Craig Bond is really more closely following the Ian Fleming books because he's a lot more emotional and all the rest of this shit. Mm-hmm. But even him, like, he's slowing down. He, he failed the last tests, you know what I mean, to become a Bond agent and shit. So there's going to be a new double O at some point in time. And they've been talking about making the next double O either a woman or uh, the next Bond being a woman or, or being black. And they paint, they kind of, they kind of played the, the fence this time by making the next 007 being a black woman instead of the next Bond making it be the next 007 and then Bond being there transitioning her into being taking over his role as the next 007 which is the premier Bond which is the premier uh, 00 secret agent yeah and it was it was funny because everybody was linchpin to Idris Elba and then only did they make it not only did they go in the other direction they made him a, wo- a woman and a black woman mm-hmm. at that you think Idris Elba turned it down uh, no no he would, he, would, he, he would never. He would never. He would never. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he would ever either. It, it wouldn't make sense from turning it down. But I just had to ask that question because in my mind it was like Idris Elba was the clear, obvious yeah. choice to be yeah, a Bond. Yeah. But but you know why they didn't do it, and you know why I think they didn't do it because it was too obvious. No, not at all. Because they they go obvious. They did not do it because they didn't want to make a black James Bond. They wanted to make a black woman double O and tote the line. They didn't want to piss anybody off. Yeah. You keep you keep the integrity by by switching it to being a double O seven. If they turned Idris Alba into a double O seven, we'd be I'd be pissed. You know what I mean? Because and you gotta, no, make him double, make him James Bond. He remember, has the right to be James Bond. Remember when you know they, I mean? remember when they went from um, Brosnan to uh, um, Daniel Craig? Yeah. I remember folks being pissed that Daniel Craig was blonde and shit. It's like, can you have a blonde Bond? That was a thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, motherfuckers yeah, got was... old because the movies had been really, really good. They like, followed was... the end. They went back to the to the books instead mm-hmm. of going to the gadgets, and and so that's why that's why people kind of got over it. But but like, you're, no, you're absolutely right, Joe. But see, Bond fans are just like all the other pedantic fans that become like geeks of you know what I mean a franchise, and um. Admittedly, one of those people, and that's why I said I would have definitely been pissed if they made if this if it wasn't Lashana Lynch and it was Idris Alba, I would have seen it as disrespect because if it's Idris Alba, he needed to be the James Bond. You don't put him as a double O. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what they did is they played the fence. They said, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep everybody happy on both sides, and we'll just have James Bond in here passing the torch to the new double O." Word. And it just it can still be James Bond. They could just say that James Bond isn't. Yeah, they can do it. They could just say that James Bond isn't really James Bond. James Bond is a code name for 007. 
they, they can always no 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 and, and, as a, as a bond geek, no no they'll never do that so let me let me let you know something as a bond geek bond has been married before um there's there's been the lazenby bond you know what i mean there's been different bonds and different versions of bonds in through, with different storylines so there's always been bonds so you're allowed to act like none of the rest of this shit ever happened like they could just start up a bond uh, uh and it just create a new storyline for for the new bond the daniel craig bond is more of a throwback right you know what i mean but before we get off of this just uh, just uh another shout out to uh, lashana lynch you know what i'm saying yeah for getting the role i, I never watched this show but it's, it's a period piece uh was it uh still starcross um mm-hmm. on that she plays uh uh rosaline capulet which was like shakespeare so even yes. then they they got her playing uh you know another race or whatever it's, it's cool like that and then the thing that made me really like it was when she played uh maria rambo in the um the captain marvel movie at first i was a little right. upset yeah because shorty um the wanda uh wise from uh she's gotta have it was supposed to play that role but she's gotta have it filming got in the way of this so Lashana got that look and she did a thing in that. I can't wait to see again a sequel of that. And I like her. I like the sister. You know, I follow her on Instagram. And I really look forward to seeing this next Bond movie. One, because those Bond movies be like just fun, like fantasy, like Joe, are, but... are you serious that the Wonder Wise turned that down to go? No, she didn't. Nah, she didn't turn it down. She was con- con- contractually obli- obli- obligated yeah. to the season. She's got to have it. But what it. I was going to ask so Joe that, so is, how does Joe know all this stuff? Like, because I remember Joe's the first, Joe's not just, didn't just look this up for this episode. Like, he's the first person to mention that shit as soon as we saw, like, the woman back in the Captain Marvel shit. Like, how do you notice all this I see, about this I lady? see a sister on screen and be like, she cute, she fine, or maybe she was just dope. And I do my research. Like, who is this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that, that's nah, I mean, it. you do. Like, I can't lie. You do. That's pretty much it. But, yeah, man, like, do you know anything about the storyline for this new Bond movie? Um, I don't think they've released one yet. Not yet. But I think, but I think, I think the obvious storyline, I think that they're painting is, is the transition uh, back to, um, or uh, the transition of a Bond. Like, I, I already know the storyline just because I know what they've been doing with Daniel Craig, the, the books that they've been following um, with, with, uh, with Daniel Craig. And then, you know, you, so you could tell he's just old now and he wanted to pass it on. He's he, he been failing the tests. So mm-hmm. there's gonna, there, there needed to be a new double O. Money Penny, they've been, they've been sitting there lying and faking his test results. They what's called the, the storyline is supposed to be that she's a new 007, he's retired, then something happens with a new terrorist and Blowfield comes back and they need Bond and they work together or some shit. That's that's basically the plot line. Okay. Yeah, okay. Spectre. Spectre's still popping, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's something to work out. I mean, if, if it's a terrific, if it's, it's a terrific role for, uh, I mean, it definitely so that the franchise is growing. I mean, Daniel Craig, really the past two Bond movies said he really didn't want to return to this role. Now he has, a, you know, this yeah. number two five. This gives him a way to find an exit out. They can transition into something else. And she's a really good actress, so I hope she does well with it. But while we're speaking about movies, though, before we get to sports, we got to shout out a hood class, well, a black romantic comedy class. I was about to say. 
a black a romantic comp fuck that black yeah. romantic comedy classic the wood why pause 20, 20 years it's been 20 years since that movie came out and i gotta say i watched it like the end of last year and it still holds up man that movie was a really 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 good movie i mean i I um I think it, it, it like it's it sort of showed it sort of showed how you could exist in an area but not be like he, he like he wasn't a gang member you know what I mean mm-hmm. he was just it was just a youth just a kid that liked women and like girls and and wanted to fit in with his friends you know what I mean and it was mm-hmm. just showing puberty um, yeah. you know what I mean in in a neighborhood and then showing and then they grow up. You know, yeah. it was all, it was kind of cool. Like, it was just like, it, it wasn't, it, it, did, it wasn't ignorant. It wasn't angry. Nobody died. Did anybody die? Nobody died. So it was just like, you know, it's a nice movie, man. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I wouldn't call it a romantic economy. I think it's definitely one of the better coming of age stories I've seen. Yeah, coming of age story. Okay, yeah, more, that, more so that, yeah. 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 Because, I mean, like, like, I mean, you get to see them as adults, but the main thing is just focus around them as kids and the things that they go through and, them like their childhood and how it affects them as adults and the the juxtaposition between the two and how they are and everything that they went through. Like I said, as Brian mentioned, I mean it it was set in, you know, you know, South Central Los Angeles, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't boys in the hood. Like we were just kids growing up. These are things that we went through. These are the things that we experienced. We you know, we found love, we found friendship, we found all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, we was young boys, now we became men and we still have this connection together. I mean I mean, 20 years, I mean, I haven't thought about it such a long time, but it, it is a really good movie, though. Yeah, and the thing I liked about, like, that time in movies is, like, I kind of, I, I was kind of missing maybe, like, the, the 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 gangster Black Hood films a little bit, but they, in that era, in, like, 99, early 2000, it got replaced by these uh, Black romantic comedies, even this coming-to-age stuff, where it's, like, you saw Black folks grow up to, like, be, like, professionals and shit. Mm, yeah. kind of like had their own shit and also I remember that movie came out and shit I was a little geek that the uh, the dude that played uh, the young Mike or whatever uh, Sean Nelson he was fresh was yes. the same kid that played fresh I was like oh shit fresh mm. I see the you see the and he bodied that role and I mean the only bad thing I could say about like the, the wood for real was um what was Shorty name Alicia yeah mm-hmm. Like, Alicia was played by Melinda Williams, who I love or whatever. Yeah. I, I love Melinda Williams. I thought she was pretty as shit, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, And she, she was Jersey. Shout out to Jersey and shit. Shout out to Jersey. And she was married to Makai Pfeiffer for a little bit. Then, uh, then, I, then I, I, I don't know about life after that. But the fact that she that got me was they went from her playing the young Alicia to, in the ending scene, popping out with Sina Lathan, like, how the fuck she drove to look like Sana? Like, what was that name? What's that like, name again, Joe? Sana. Sana. Sana like, yeah. Anyway, you ain't like the inflection I put on, like the put on the wrong like. Sana, Sana, you put the emphasis on the. Yeah, I don't know what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. But you knew who I was talking about, though, right? Yeah, but shout oh, out, yeah. shout yeah. out to the wood. I saw that movie once. I'll yeah. never watch it again. Yo, Ali, stop announcing being trash. Like that shit is getting crazy. Like this nigga just say. Like I, I'm trash. Like yo, dog, you could hide it. Nah, just for what? Don't say nothing. For what? All right. 
For what? All right, so Serena, man, it's crazy, man. She lost <laughs> Wimbledon, man. That's just nutty, man. Ah, uh, we there with it, yo. Serena um, had to turn that off early, man. Um, the the girl played. Okay, let let's just. I'll put it some to you like this. Halep played the game of her life, and you know. So she didn't make, she made four unforced errors. Serena made several. I don't remember how many, but I, I was able to like literally, I watched the whole thing. I was able to literally like watch and count the Halep unforced errors. There were hardly any. She was able to, she, she was getting those cross courts. She was six feet behind mm -hmm. the baseline and, and getting those balls into play. And it's like, nobody can do that. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Serena played the most amazing game that she could have played ever, but mm -hmm. but I will I can say Halep played the most amazing game that she has played ever, and I don't know if anybody could have beat Halep on that day. You know what I mean? Because just the, the type of game that she played. I'm a big tennis fan, and what I saw her be able to do was just pretty pretty amazing. I think she would have been beat if she was playing somebody else. It's just that Serena brings out the best in everyone. Well, oh, no, 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 I'm talking nice. about her, the way she played. Yeah. No, she would have definitely won She'd against anybody. But yeah, yeah, but if, but, but you elevate your game, but I get what I was saying, you elevate your game for Serena. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, you come for the queen and, you know. You but I don't want to take away from, because her level of play, Alex, was just something special. Like I've never, I, well, I, you know, hardly have ever seen anything like that, especially not in a major final. After you played an entire tournament, you're getting from one side to the other side like that, hitting a cross with power to the end on, on to the back of the court. Like, come on, man, to the back line. Like, it, like you just don't see that ever after you played an entire tournament. Tournaments are long. You play several matches. Serena was even playing doubles. I don't know if Halep did. But you know what I mean? Like, they're long. So you, you, there's a, a lot of attrition that goes with it. And she just was able to withstand all of that and still be in peak performance and hit amazing shots on the final day of Wimbledon on grass. But all that being said, so watching Serena be able to get here on grass mm -hmm. in Wimbledon, let me know that the U the coming U.S. Open, she's going to have to, she's probably, she's going to go to Cincinnati and play. Hopefully she plays. She hasn't played much this year, so Cincinnati's going to matter. You get used to the hard courts there, but nobody's going to be able to beat Serena on hard court. After I watched it, after I watched her play on, on grass, which kind of slows up the ball and changes the speed a little bit more. Those hard courts with the, with the power that she hits with, like those balls, that, um, you know, I don't care what the fuck Halep does. She ain't going to be able to do the same thing against Serena on that hard court. That's, so sad. That's my take on that. Mm -hmm. Serena. Well, we can, hey, uh, I think we got to the end of Summer League. Am I correct? I think the last game was some. So, some, yo, you before, know what Summer before, League Before, before oh, we jump off Summer League, I just want to say that Shit been crazy since we did the last pod. Fucking, we, we we know that Paul George went to Clippers. Uh, went to the Clippers with Kawhi, and then quick as shit, fucking Russell Westbrook went to the fucking Rockets, and Chris Paul is yeah. sitting on the Rockets waiting for him to get traded to oh, yeah or Thunder. I'm sorry, waiting to get mm -hmm. traded to, to the, the Heat or whatever the fuck. Not even traded. So that, fucking fucking bought out so we can. Last go time I heard, he might play. stay. They don't, I don't think they know. They're just trying to keep leverage, you know what I mean, with that shit. Yeah. But, yeah, the NBA has changed. What, what, I'll do, what, what I'll say is this, man. Yo, you know what I learned in this last week? Yo, we the go. best young core in the NBA <laughs> is not any of the teams that we've been talking about. It's the Memphis fucking Grizzlies. Yeah. 
when they got John Morant, they got um they got the dude Brendan Clark that just won what? the MVP. MVP. Yeah. Yeah. And they got Jaron Jackson. You know what I mean? And who else they got? They got somebody else too. Yo, whatever the fuck, man, these dudes have nothing but straight ballers on their squad. You know what I mean? Like, you put some vets around these kids, you get them a couple years. Man, like, I'm just sitting there watching these dudes play, and it's like, yo, I, I can't wait to – I can't wait to for them, this this team to come of age. It's going to be a different era in Memphis, man. Yo, when, what's the name on Memphis now? Utah traded on that bum-ass fucking um, – what's the nigga name? Grayson Allen? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, yeah I think man, he is. Yeah, yeah, he was dead. My motherfucker got ejected. Why you calling him a bum? Because he got ejected from a summer game for doing he, that he, same he bullshit. Has a, he has emotional issues, but I like yeah. the way he plays. No, no, no. He, he good. I fuck with Grayson Allen and shit. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, damn, dude. Like, you, you wilding in the summer league. Your emotions get into you like that in summer league. We've man, you... seen this before from players. <laughs> so and... Specifically him. No. Ejected well, no, from no, summer no, league. Back to college. No, no, time out. He ejected time out. from a summer league game in like saying. six minutes. We've seen this before from players in the NBA. The problem with it now is that there is social media, 24-hour network, everybody's on edge all the time or whatever. But guess what? Like, people are sent to sports a lot of times to redirect their energies. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you, I don't know if y'all remember watching the Ron Artest story that we were just talking about, like, last month, mm-hmm. but that shit is there. And we were seeing Xavier McDaniels used to wild for fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it was. You know, um, John Starks, what, scratched the motherfucker in the middle of the games. He headbutted Reggie Miller, like, in the, in, in the um, Eastern Conference Finals. Like, this shit happens. You know what I mean? Like, these motherfuckers are, are, are just a little bit wild, and they're on edge, and... You know, sports have been the things that, that redirected them for, for a long time, and you just hope that you can keep them contained. We've been watching it with DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. But me, that, Rasheed that shit, Wallace. That shit was wild. I mean, I've seen him holding the trophy for the little summer league championship, but Grayson now need to calm down and shit. And if he's going to, you know, try to be a part of that young core that you love so much in, uh, in Memphis, then he need to realize that that shit ain't gonna fly. You know what I'm saying? That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, highly skilled player, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, highly skilled. I mean, Summer League, another thing I liked about Summer League, I got to see R.J. Barrett play. Wow. And he had, some, he had some, some rough shooting nights, you know what I'm saying? But you seen it. You saw that, like, you saw his skill set. You know, you saw him shine. No player ever in the history of Summer League have ever scored 15 15- eight, and four, ever. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett was an all-around player, and his, you've seen him get better every game to the mm-hmm. last game when he almost had a triple-double. So if, if people want to talk about he had a problem scoring, they're talking about the first two games. Oh, okay? no, I mean, no, you know what I mean? No, no, just the yeah. scoring was like just... Yeah, the field, the field goal percentage issues were, were the first two games. You literally watched him get better every game. It, it, was, it was the last two games where you actually saw him realize Yo, you got to get inside in the NBA in order to get your mm-hmm. position and get your spots. You know what I mean? And, and, that, and then you got to get to the line. And that's what he saw in the last game. Yeah. And that's pretty much been the talk. Folks are like saying, RJ had some of them bad shooting nights, but you saw he just kept getting better. So it's good. And in a contrast to him, because they're going to be compared to one another, hopefully, for a long time. Fuck, you had Zion looking, yeah. looking Charles Barkley a few years out the league, Chubby, not even regular yeah. Chubby. 
You just right. sitting there looking chubby and shit, smiling, fucking uh, not playing and shit after. I'm tired of niggas not wanting to compete, man. All these dudes don't want to compete, man. I'm glad. I know Jared Allen got a little bit, a little bit hurt, but I'm glad he competed in summer league, yo. I feel like mm-hmm. if you play basketball. And there's basketball being played. Come out and compete. Darius Garland didn't want to compete. I don't know what the heck was wrong with him. R.J. Barrett, they asked to sit him down, and he said, no, I don't want to sit down. Same thing with Kevin Knox. Same thing with Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, they could have got hurt, but guess what? There's basketball being played. You're still young. You're, you're trying to earn your way into this league. If you really love this game, get out there and compete. And narrative, you could say anything you want about R.J. Barrett, but guess what? He was willing to play. Fuck the rest, the rest of them niggas was doing. A lot of them was healthy. Yeah, a lot of healthy like motherfuckers sitting back. You you load managing like summer children league. in summer league. Like yo, the hell, they did they didn't they they didn't play they didn't come to the combine. You know what I mean? <laughs> didn't get the measurements in the combine. Then when summer league comes, they don't want to compete there. And so like now it's it, it, it's like yo, do you want to compete? I listen, man. I made that same argument against this dude Ben Simmons, who now just got one of the the huge contracts in the NBA. But I was like, yo, listen, I'm agnostic on it. Guess why? Because he never wanted to compete. And then when, then when his team made it to the NIT, he didn't want to play anymore. So he just didn't play. And I get it, like money on the line. But, yo, if you like this game, if you out here trying to ball and actually win, he's going to have speed in college. And I was like, yo, you trying to ball and win? Like, yo, guess what, man? There's only one way to, for people to respect you. And that's getting out on that court and actually playing basketball. And a lot of these dudes ain't showing the willingness to do this. But the Knicks have... Had, had four players willing to do it. I know Trier bitch has sat down, but he was balling, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But but the, but the Knoxes, the the Barretts, the Mitchell Robinsons, and I'll even put old boy um that played the uh, point guard. I can't Ken, think of his name Kenny right uh, Allen. I can't think of it. Uh, Ken, yeah, Kadeem, Kadeem Allen. Allen. Yeah, Kadeem Allen. Allen. Who, who actually played in the playoffs for the, with Boston Celtics before, so he don't have to be there. You know what I mean? So it's like, yo, they, they, those players, they wanted to be out there and they wanted to ball, man, and they did. And, oh, and, and Iggy. Iggy resisted, even though he was a second-round pick. He sort of had the mm-hmm. ball. But, you know what I mean? Like, they go, like, all, all those players, all these players are actual players, and they went out there and they said, yo, I actually want to be out there and play basketball, man. And I'm, I'm having a problem with all the dudes that said, ah, oh, no, nah, I'm going to take a break. Is Iggy making the team? Come on, bro. Okay. I, is that a... Uh, I mean, I don't know, because... He was the best player in some of these. Now, I understand that, but and, I don't, on, on I don't know what the like, roster. I don't know what the roster looks like right now. Like how many? He signed. Well, he, he already signed that. Con- he already. We already. We signed him. Uh, okay. Like, like you know, you as a two as a second round as player. As a two way player. No, nah, no. Nah. He got a. He has an actual guaranteed contract now. Okay. Like immediately, he wasn't supposed to be in the second round. He was Michigan's number one scorer, and then he comes in the summer league and beasts up on all them niggas easily. Nah, man, we we caught one with him. Uh, I mean, I know we had, did the sports. We probably end on that. Do we want to talk at all about uh, Jermaine Dupree and his talk about uh, all his comments for the female rappers? Like, since they Damn, we could have, we could have, we could have mentioned that earlier. We, we probably could have, yeah. But um, damn, just a quick thought on it, like a minute. Like, if you just think about it. I I think it was I think it was very small to him. Uh, which is ironic because you know Jermaine Dupri, but um, yo, but like, what the fuck was he thinking about? But then, the, then he comes out. Remember, I, I posted it on on the thing when he comes out. He said he's looking for female rappers now, and yeah. he, he he understands um the hype and whatever. And so to me, it seems orchestrated. I know you guys said no, it wasn't orchestrated. That was really just him saying his thoughts. It could go either way. 
Yeah. I mean, who did Jermaine Dupree produce as a female rapper? The Brat. Right. So the Brat stood on lyrics. So his comments made sense to me. If he when he got a female artist, he got a female artist that could, that's that was a spitter. So his mm-hmm. comments were to what he is accustomed to producing a spitter in terms of a female, and he's saying, "I don't see that from today." Now, yeah, but, they, but Rhapsody now is out there. Are, I was just about yeah. to say now they are out there. He just sounds like somebody just was not so listening late, to the current. Yeah, exactly. He just listened to pop popular music instead of what's popping. Right. I mean, but the 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 hard thing with Rhapsody is she kind of broke through and with a Grammy nod and everything, so she should have been a, she should have been on the radar. But it probably mm-hmm. wasn't top of his mind because her album isn't as new and Cardi's everywhere. Right, and I, that's why I said Cardi, like, man. When, when, when he said that, he, he was doesn't think Cardi, about it. City yeah, girls he's thinking Cardi, City like Girls, Meg, Meg. But I think, and, I, and also, and also as a, as an interviewer, they led they led the the question with those artists, so. I get it. You think Jay answers the Jay? You think Jay answers in that similar way at all? No, because I don't think Jay. No. I don't think Jay would be given an honest answer. Yeah, no, but he would think about it first, and and he would ev- he'd be at, at well. The actually, least actually, the reason no, but he would be at the very least evasive. Um, and not, and why why would Jermaine Dupree, who's been in the industry for this long, answer a question that way? And well, and I, I think with Jay, he's immediately only because Rhapsody is on Rock Nation. Yeah, but either way though, like like Alex, like even if he did feel that way, like like he would be a his answer would have been way smarter and, and way less alien. Right. Okay. Yeah, so I'll give you that. Yeah, would, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. So why would Jermaine Dupree, who's been in this industry longer than Jay Z, in a an executive role longer than Jay Z, answer that question that way? Yeah. You know, you know what? When you say this, I kind of feel like you might have a little something. We say he was kind of like you know lining it up for his. Uh, Female spit shit, cause I mean, fuck it, man. Even though JD was like, you know, behind a brat, he produced for a whole bunch of motherfuckers and shit. Yeah, yeah. And a lot yeah, of them took sexy. And I remember when they tried to sex up the brat a little bit with that yeah, restricted album and shit. Or the fucking, it's like, oh uh, shit, yo, the brat wearing yeah. clothes now. What do you, what do you like? Right what do you like? And um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she got big teeth and a fat ass. I followed the brat for a second on Instagram, but she used to work in. I used to work in the building that she used to um that she was working in Atlanta, like. You know what I mean? I used to see her every day, man. She's mad cool. Her hair was real long, and it's kind of weird. But we used to have mad, like, awkward um, elevator rides together. Word. Hmm. But I, I look forward to seeing what uh, Jermaine Dupri comes out with, with that female rap shit. I say that, but I really don't mean it. I mean, nah, it's not, it's not, it's not, listen, and, 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 you know. I, th- I think he's making another band, the Puffy making I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that'll be interesting. I don't the, uh, Main would be interesting because Puffy's an entertainer, so that will be entertaining. Yeah. Whereas I think JD will really be trying to find a few. It just doesn't. It doesn't work like that. Let's really out of all shows that we know. That's on the. That's on the. That's on the on the hood side or, or really hip hop driven. Who really came out of that? All of them shits like brick, and even when fucking um, the niggas, the band fucking like. Flopped and shit. Niggas still got quotables about die line, die line, die line. Yo, it's let sex. me ask you a question because this just this really matters, man. Yo, die line has some actual hot fire. I know it's a joke, mm-hmm. but like he actually has some hot fire. Like why would that never? Yeah. Why that never become something? Die line is die line is the most successful one out of all of them. I downloaded okay. shit. Um, 
Yeah, now, nah, but when he comes back with making a band, I hope it's that making a band. I want the rap group making a band. I don't really care for the day 26 band that he came. Is he going to make a hip-hop group like he did before, or yeah. is it just any kind of group? I don't know. I don't think he iconic. said Yeah, I don't think he said That shit was iconic, man. That fucking... Man, even when it had the little, like, stage, like, little rap battles between E. Ness and, like, fucking J-Murph, right. that shit was kind of hot, man. Like, yeah, was, yeah. Like, I want shit like that, you know? And, but remember, the singers used to have battles, too. That was kind of dope. Yeah, he's, yeah, if, you have, if you pay attention to Diddy, Diddy has been forever trying to make a new new addition. He's always been trying to do that. That's He's mm -hmm. always... He, he tried to do with Joe, you know what I'm saying? With the touching on Joe, see, he's always been trying mm -hmm. to make another new addition. That he's always he's talked about. Like new edition, right? Yeah, it's yeah. his favorite all-time group, and he's just been forever trying to remake another one. So yeah. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be R&B. You may have a rapper in there, but I think it's I gonna be R&B. I, I would fuck with that. Give me like four dudes, pause. Have like two of them be amazing singers. Another nigga dance a little bit. Another motherfucker rap, yeah, I, I'd be there for the shit. I mean, he's smart because you know the way to the way to sell these days is to get people to like you and know you. That the Cardi model. I mean, but you know what? The funny thing is, and we don't have to get into it right now, but a real discussion would be how come we don't have any boy bands? Oh, now I don't say boy bands. Why don't we don't have any R and B groups? Let me say that. You know, yeah, what they got like? boy bands in in, in yeah. um, Asia and shit. They, those yeah, are the ones that, that yeah, but that, do, that don't yeah, but that doesn't associate to us. I'm talking about how the, yeah, I know. you know you know. You know the ill shit? I be seeing like this like random groups on like Instagram or like this around and shit on right. YouTube. So right. it's like they got them, but I feel you they don't have any like superstar ones. The and best singers right now are, are underground. They're not, you know what I mean? There's no there's no real R and B anymore. So, you know what I mean? You're gonna get your best shit from the under from the underground. From yeah. from the unsigned. And you have you had these little boy bands to be signed and like whoever, nothing big and nothing, they just be out there. And folks always talk about like it's hard to like what do they say. They say they'd rather have like just like a single artist because it's less uh it's less shit you gotta do and the same they became the same shit about like like female rappers over male rappers, like nah you gotta pay for this, this, whatever and shit. So could it be an economic thing or just, it is like, because you know, the splits when when when, when you change from um when you change the model and with all this streaming shit and motherfuckers not getting paid the same for music, then it's not economic at all mm -hmm. to have a group. Okay, well then that might be the answer to the question right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have to love it. And then yeah. make money off the off the court, I should you know, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and if you shine in a group, then you're gonna lead this shit like like Neo yeah. was in a group. What the fuck Neo do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the money's in the merch and shit. Yo, the King Jacquees comes out with an album this weekend. Nas come out with Lost Tapes too. Yo, man, what else come out this weekend? Nah, let me let me speak to this real quick. Nas, whoever's doing the marketing or whoever okayed that first single to come out, because I know it wasn't him. Y'all need to be fired. Yeah, right. It wasn't him. It, was not. it wasn't him. It wasn't him. Y'all need to be fired. Whoever did that. It was weird. I kind of felt like I knew where he was going. Nah, no, no, to... no, no, but it was, but it was like this trash. No. It was... Joe, I can't even. I'm, I'm the biggest Nas fan here. No, <laughs> nah, no, no. I, I, there's no way. I can't even. I couldn't even spin it. You can't even spin it in any way, shape, or form. No, y'all messed up. Whoever said, whoever okay. I know Steve Stout ain't okay. That 
for you know what I'm saying? I, whoever okay that to go out, they should be fired. Period. Well, you think Nas does Nas have a history of firing people for making bad musical decisions? Say what? Because Nas have a history of firing people for making bad musical decisions. Uh, no, no. Okay, so let's move. But on. they're not with the label. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There was a yeah, label, well. there was a label. There was somebody you know that's sitting in the suit behind a desk that okay that. Whoever okay that should be fired. There's no way you could have sat in the conference room and when somebody walked in and said, "This is what we're gonna make the first single," and you sat right there and you bopped your head to it and said, "Yeah, we're going with that." You won't. You won't. You like that's serious. You can't. There's no way you could have. No, no. Nas just put out a weird album with Kanye. He might just be in a crazy space. All right. So uh, also <laughs> is. Uh, is is Willow coming out this weekend? I can't remember. I don't think so. I think Willow is still like. Willow I think it's the ball. next weekend. It yeah. might be the next weekend. Yeah, I want to hear the album that y'all that y'all y'all seem to be hyped up about. I'm interested to hear yeah. it. No, I saw it. Um, it, it should be coming soon. I, I was looking at the release dates the other day. I could look at it again right now, but I think I'm think it might be um next weekend. Then if it's not this weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna be interested to hear what y'all what y'all hyped up to hear. I mean, we don't know. I don't That's know. I mean, y'all, yeah, but y'all were like basing it off of something similar, not similar, but you know, in the same vein of a Solange. I'm just, I never. Whoa, that's it. not what we said. I, we think that she should be better than Solange, and I hope she doesn't go on some weird Solange shit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm interested to hear what, what, what the anticipation is about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last saying, thing, I last thing I seen posted saying that's gonna drop on the 18th, so that's this week. I think that's Thursday. Um, Nah, it's the twenty. Um, wait, hold on. Uh, but this is from her tweet back in like June. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't actually even see it. I see the um, I see Jacquees, Iggy Azalea, um, Lil Reese, Nas, Merce, and Ninth, Ninth Wonder, Light Skin Keisha. Those are all on the nineteenth. Light Skin Keisha coming right back. Damn. That's crazy, right? She, she just dropped. She out here, but it was a it was a short album. That other one. Yeah, EP. And what you looking forward to? Gorillas in the Mist? I think I ain't looking forward. <laughs> I like the motherfucker YBN Cordae though. He oh, come yeah, out. Yeah, he yeah, come yeah, out yeah. the twenty sixth. He's it. Yeah, he's he it. come out the twenty sixth. Him and BJ the Chicago kid come out the twenty sixth. Yeah, he's he's it. I remember Joe. Joe was the first one that kind of was mentioning. Oh, Joe from Yeah. It was uh, either I'm him or that or that whole crew. Because I didn't know I didn't know yeah. too much about him until he had mentioned him, and then I started looking him up. Oh, Joe Budden. I thought you were talking about Joe. No, nah, I'm talking nah, I'm talking about Joe. No, nah, I'm talking about yeah. Joe right here. He was on him. Oh. He was on the YNBN dudes. He knew oh, yeah. they were and everything. Joe always be on them young motherfuckers. Pause. Uh, man, but now from what I checked though, like her last like Willow's last tweet on tweet from like three days ago hmm. said the shit coming in six days. So it looked like the eighteenth is, is real. Oh, okay. So, so we gonna have that. Everybody else coming. Nineteenth. The nineteenth is Friday. You probably mean the nineteenth, Joe. Well, not not. She's saying the eighteenth. Oh, she's trying. Oh, okay, oh she's yeah, trying to do some discussion. Well, Inspector yeah. Deck comes out on the seventeenth, so you get to choose whatever day you figure this. You know what I mean? Deck, Inspector Deck on the war path, bomb atomically. Socrates' philosophy is a hypothesis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we like to thank you for listening to the. <laughs> 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 yo, this is episode twenty five, man. Oh, wow. word, yo, that's clap it up, right there. Word, yo, peace to the gods, man. Peace to the gods, man. We made it. I'm alive mm. on arrival. 
You know what I mean? Inspect the deck. Hey, Ann, do you want to speak? To, you want to speak to anything about us making twenty-five shows? Well, really, twenty-four for you. But you know, nah. To for real, if you really want to average out Ant words, it's like two. Like <laughs> 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 And they could be here in spirit. Where? Yeah. Where? Oh, we could, damn. Well, we're closing out. I was gonna get into some well, fuckery with the with the with the with the um two K ratings and the Madden ratings. These players be real serious over them ratings, yo. Mm-hmm. Everybody do, man. But whatever, man. We'll yeah, talk so, about so, that yeah we'll time. talk about it next time. Yeah. We'd like to thank for thank y'all for listening. Oh, you know what? Shout out to my cousin who's um home for a moment. He's in the army. Shout out to my cousin Ken. He's in the area. I'm gonna link mm-hmm. up with him. Split a brew. You know what I'm saying? Y'all split brews, Yeah. Nigga, buy him a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck your Yo, as always, we want all the praise. We want all the smoke. We want all the smoke you can get us at Better Than You Pod on IG. Again, we want all the praise. We want all the smoke. Till next week. Peace. Peace. Yep. Yeah.